Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Kei te whakaranga mai, kwe ki tō tātou el horihori. Hei hōtaka e pāna ki te pūtaio, te taio, me te kaupapa o te ora. You're with Our Changing World on RNZ National. And now, in a democratic society striving to give everyone a voice, have we lost the ability to listen? Massey University lecturer Emily Beausoleil thinks so. She's going outside the realm of politics to find out what teachers, doctors and dancers can teach us about how to listen to each other better. And she wants to understand the impact that poor listening might be having on wealth inequality and growing child poverty rates. Here's Muhammad Hassan with more. I'm at a small dance studio in Kingsland watching six dancers, all male, rehearse for their upcoming Auckland Fringe show, Mia Tao. As you can hear, it's pretty fast-paced. The dancers move between tightly choreographed sequences, combining contemporary dance and hip-hop. There's no music at all. The only thing that's keeping these guys in sync is by listening to each other's breaths. In a nutshell, really it's us personifying weapons and um, kind of questioning humans when weapons are objects or dangerous, considered dangerous, where it could be beautiful as a um, display item. This is Elijah Kennard, the choreographer. So with this, we kind of we move out of this normal human, or this normal earth that we see into our own realm that we've created and Hopefully that also moves the audience. Yeah, kind of listening or paying attention to different detail or also being more aware of themselves maybe as well. As a choreographer, how do you get a group, um, well, a group of, you know, six men to listen to each other and to be in tune with each other's bodies? Boys respond really well to physical touch and um, especially us knowing each other enough and, you know, there's already that understanding. Even though there's no actual words been spoken throughout um, this piece, there's already that um, jargon of, of um, breath or movement that the boys naturally have. So I think um, that, that probably makes them more aware or more active listeners in terms of this piece. Dancers, like Elijah, have developed a way of communicating their thoughts and feelings with each other and with an audience without talking. This idea has piqued interest in an unlikely place. Uh, my name is Emily Beausoleil and I'm a lecturer in politics at Massey University. Dr Beausoleil is trying to change the way we talk to each other in our society. She says people are becoming more and more isolated from different perspectives and lives that don't match their own. So there's a lot of talk in theory in, and in practice in politics about how voice is crucial, especially in a democracy. We all have a right to a voice. 
we all um, should be heard. But there's very little study about who's listening, who's not listening, uh, who should be listening, and how we can actually learn to listen better. So there's all this emphasis on, and actually it sometimes feels like many, many voices shouting over one another to be heard. Order, order. Prime Minister will resume his seat. But there isn't a lot of work on the reception, the end of that dynamic, who's actually listening and who should be. So that's where I wanted to pick up, is that if there's a right to speak, then there's also a responsibility to listen. And in particular, uh, I have an interest as a democratic theorist in uh, those voices that don't get heard. I've been working on this project for several years, working with dancers, working with therapists, working with theater artists, working with neuroscientists and conflict mediators, and realizing how much there is across these sectors, um, how much these sectors could speak to one another uh, about what listening requires. She says artists and performers, like Elijah and his dancers, are particularly good at doing this. They're a breed of what she calls master listeners. One of the big insights that came up in previous work was that performers or artists generally, when they are excellent at what they do, they are in on the secret that sometimes the most powerful way to get your point across is an oblique one, is to go around the back, is to, uh, to be subtle, to be indirect, whether it's through... Um, mediating or couching your meaning in symbolism or fiction or uh, physical movement or music, a direct argument, and this is backed up by the neuroscience and cognitive science, a direct argument and a direct affront actually shuts down even the blood flow to the frontal lobes of the brain. Like your brain does not want you to take in that information. It knows what it knows. And until you actually have a piece of information that, again, affirms what you already believe, that blood flow is going to be cut off. You literally can't access your higher functions in your brain uh, as effectively when you're confronted with new information uh, that, can, that challenges your worldview. So the uh, artists that I work with, when they're most transformative, most potent, it's because they're actually patient and creative and subtle enough to mediate what they are communicating in a way that doesn't shut us down in that way. It's all these different experts, these master listeners, who can teach the rest of us how to open up to new ideas and look beyond our own worldview. By bringing them together to collaborate and share ideas, Dr. Beausoleil is trying to create new theories for how big, important conversations can be created in society. What I've ended up doing is focusing on four sectors that I call master listeners. So conflict mediators, really good at helping people move past, um, you know, interpersonal impasse. Therapists, really good at helping people even hear themselves and the narratives we tell ourselves. Um, educators, really good. If they're excellent teachers, they, we all know this, uh, about being transformed by something we've learned in the classroom uh, and being able to make that possible um, uh, is, is, is the art of education. So being able to have people encounter really challenging or foreign ideas and actually hear them. Um, and uh, performance is the last sector. So what aren't we listening to? Dr. Beausoleil's project, which received a $300,000 grant from the Marston Fund, focuses on wealth inequality in New Zealand. Back in 2011, a report by the OECD showed the country's rich poor divide was the fastest growing, between the 1980s and the late 2000s. Earlier this year, Oxfam said that gap was still growing. 
I chose an issue that seemed to be one where the information seems to speak for itself, but it doesn't seem to move the conversation forward. So it should be of concern, especially when we think about all the research that's gone in to show how we're all affected by um, socioeconomic inequality, whether it's declining social trust or rising crime levels or health issues, et cetera. Um, so the facts seem to speak for themselves, but the facts aren't enough. This issue is perhaps personified best under the banner of child poverty rates, which have doubled since the 1980s, according to the Child Poverty Monitor. More than a quarter of a million children are estimated to be living in conditions of poverty that affect their health and education. It's a conversation that most people in New Zealand have now engaged in, and it was front and centre during the 2014 general election, thanks to the relentless campaigning by groups like the Child Poverty Action Group. When you start out with an organisation like Child Poverty Action Group, you know, you hope you have it all fixed next year. That's when I first joined up. It's just so patently obvious. Why don't they just change it all and mm. it'll be right? <laughs> <laughs> That's Dr Ennis Asher, their health spokesperson. So 25 years and still nothing's changed significantly, but heaps of people are aware. She's also been a paediatrician for more than 40 years and recently was appointed to the World Health Organisation as an expert on chronic respiratory diseases common in children living in conditions of poverty. So she knows her stuff. One of the things I, I've learnt as a practising doctor is it's very easy to look at somebody who's in ill health and say they've done something stupid, they didn't take care. It's very, very easy to make some judgments. And the, one of the approaches that I've developed, I teach my medical students, is to say let's approach that situation that makes me feel like that about them with a different approach, which is curiosity. Mm. And if you approach a situation you think is something and you're, you know you're judging it adversely, if you change your approach to, say, to curiosity, then you ask some questions and then you have to listen to the answers. Mm. And so that's where the listening comes in. And I think that that's made me fully recognise the authenticity of the evidence. We, we have now got health issues that are just like they were in Dickens' times when there was inadequate income, poor housing, inadequate basic health care, and inadequate access to education. Hey, hallelujah, people were sicker. Mm. And now the same thing happening in the 2010s in New Zealand. So you have the statistics yeah. and the arguments. Yeah. How do you get people to pay attention? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> By never, ever giving up. Yeah. I think it, it requires a lot of voices saying the same thing, but in different ways. You know, clearly we haven't made a dent on child poverty, but the country is very aware of it. And that's the golden question Emily Beausoleil will try to answer over the next three years. For Dr Asher, the secret to having better, more healthy conversations in our society is to be curious. Curiosity leads to empathy, and empathy makes us all better listeners. Thanks, Mohammed. And he was talking with Emily Beausoleil from Massey University about her Marsden-funded study and with paediatrician Innes Asher from the Child Poverty Action Network and the University of Auckland. That's all for now, but you can stay in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook. We're RNZ Science. Kia ora mai. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 